This is Shane Warren. Make sure you plough on. Do plowman CC. Plough on, guys. It's too much. We didn't win the link by accident. We did that by design. It was very much planned. I just try to get it in the right spot, really, and see what happens. He said to me, mate, I really think you should put your lid on. Next ball, ball near the answer. We spent for six. So. <laughs> this, this club is beyond cricket. Plowman's cricket is the greatest club in the world. Hello and welcome to the Thanks for Coming podcast. My name is Liam and I am not joined today by Matt Bolshaw, which is quite fitting in the sense that we no longer bowl together. But for those who don't know, we used to make up one of the greatest fast bowling partnerships in cricketing history. I'm joined here today by three special guests instead. I'm here with Matt Hickson, Hector Barnacotehood and Trent Catanzariti. Welcome guys, thanks for coming. We've got an interesting podcast set up for today. We'll review our three games as always. Unprecedented stuff this week as none of us have actually played in any of the games. So normally on this podcast we have a player from who's played in one of the games who gives us a bit of a, a review of it. None of us played at the weekend but we've been out in the field making contacts and uh, researching what happened in the games so we'll give a review there and as always we'll have your usual fantasy updates sledge of the week and all of that so without further ado matt welcome to the podcast for the first time thanks for coming thanks for having me great to be here how did you come to plowman's who introduced you uh so i came to the plowman's via kish uh, Kish, I think everyone here knows him, great plowman, and uh, I was playing cricket with him uh, one evening on a probably like a Thursday night playing work cricket, and he said, oh, do you want to play cricket on Saturdays? And I was like, no thanks, um, too much. <laughs> <laughs> too much, takes up too much time. He said, oh, they, they don't, you don't expect you to play every weekend, so I said, no way, okay, maybe next season then, so um he told me all about you guys. Went to my sessions down at the Oval in February, just before COVID last year, and uh, I guess haven't looked back really. Good sessions. Uh, lots of high elbow, I seem to remember. Me too. And I, like, I was more intimidated by Hiko as a bowler than I was as a batsman, and thought him wearing his shiny white helmet in the back of the Oval nets, but his bowling was impeccable at that at that stage can as well. we also just take a moment for that shiny white helmet which has sadly been put to rest but that was an incredibly bold fashion statement it was yeah i've had that helmets probably since i was about 15 um but it has been put to rest it's been passed on to puff's son uh to uh so it's going to live another life there nice i think he's hit some runs with it already i think he hit 85 not out the other day oh. trent friend of the show We've had you on here before. I uh, don't know if we asked you this last time you were on. So how did you come to find Plowman's? Um, I was really fortunate in the fact that I used to work at Lord's Tavern and got to know many of the Plowmen through there with the end of annual year dinner. So to all the new Plowmen, if you haven't been to one yet, lock it in as soon as the date gets launched because it's definitely a night to, to be part of. Um, so I got to know the chairman, Coxie, and club captain, Simon, really well through that. And then it wasn't long after that they asked, invited me to come and play. And fortunately for me, I was um, changing, going back to my banking career, and I was able to be available for, for weekends. So, and haven't looked back since. Beautiful. Hector, friend of the show. Hello. Welcome. Cheers, mate. How did you find out about Plowman's? How did you come to join us? So I was playing for Wimbledon Corinthians, and uh, I believe Chris Silverpool stalked me continuously <laughs> doesn't surprise me there about silver yeah, yeah i remember him <laughs> from I the mean, sidelines so story from the sidelines he used to walk up behind me in pubs um <laughs> was he wearing his michael jackson outfit eating popcorn no and he also didn't have that that stash which is uh marmite stash you either love it or you hate it <laughs> silver got us into the club and um yeah love it joined with a good good crop of players chris silverpool will get you on the show at some point is nothing if he's not relentless. Matt, who's your favourite plowman? Tough, tough question. So many, so many people in this club are like stars. Um, I'm actually going to mention Puff again. He's been a father figure, maybe. Always easy to talk to. Always uh, sharing a cigarette. 
and um, yeah, always kind of giving like nice advice and stuff at, at, at the right time. Excellent. Shout out to Puff. Uh, Trent, same question to you. I'm going to go with, again, it's a really tough question because there's many great plowmen. Um, mine would be Tom Lonnon. Um, he epitomises everything I love about cricket. The good thing is he's really good at batting and bowling and fielding. Um, my skill set still to get to that level. But just his, his effort that he puts in every week on and off the field is, is second to none for me. Hector, same question to you. Who's your favourite player? My favourite player is Max. We joined at the same time. Uh, he is the player I aspire to be. I, I'm definitely better looking than him, but definitely a worse cricketer. So, <laughs> Not far to go then. <laughs> Not far to go. I've only got to. I've only got to hit a couple of runs, um, and then I might get there. So, what's that about seven hundred behind already? More than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Beautiful. Some good shout outs there to some quality plowmen. Uh, last question before we move on. What's your highlight so far, Trent? We'll start with you. Uh, I think it was my um, second game back in um, two thousand and nineteen. And we were out at um, somewhere deep in Surrey. And anyway, we rocked up to this beautiful ground. We filled it first. And um, I can't remember what they made, but pretty on I opened the batting. It was the second time I'd batted with the cl- in the club. And we put on 95 for the first wicket. So, But batting with Brito at the time was absolutely brilliant because he was having a hell of a season, notching up lots of runs. So for me, that was probably my, my highlight so far. Uh, for me, easy one. Uh, the club day 2020 rest of the world defending a total and DeRay Pretorius catching a fantastic catch at Gully it was just like incredible absolutely amazing game just the scenes there were, and just to see something that is like so iconic I guess in Plowman's and, and I guess it's recent history DeRay catching it catching Gully and, and Gully and seeing that was was really cool and for those who've played at Plowman's a little bit longer DeRay catching at Gully is a very familiar sight. Uh, any highlights for you, Hector? Uh, my highlights are off the pitch. It's more so the camaraderie of the team, uh, something I've not come across too often in cricket clubs in this country, and I think it's really nice. Someone doing well, everyone gets back behind them. So, great, love that. And uh, that is just a continual highlight for me. Yeah, he he, I agree with you, mate. Very nicely put. So I've been stitched up by Matt Bolshaw here a little bit. I'm reading down this agenda and I realise I'm exposing myself somewhat here, but I'm going to read it out anyway. Do any of you three have any questions for me? <laughs> <coughs> well, uh, I touched base with Bolsh recently. Um, because you do such a great job on the podcast and you introduce everyone so well, we thought it's only fitting for the club that we find out a bit more about the man behind the thanks for coming, Mr. Liam Gray. And so from that point, tell us a bit about yourself, mate. How did you come across to find the club? Uh, I was playing for a work team at the time and Steve Brito was playing as a one-off. He, well, he used to fill in every now and again when the work team couldn't get 100. Um, played one or two games together and he basically just said, uh, you should you should come down, you should come and get involved in this. So that Brito introduced me. Isn't Brito great for doing that? Because that started the greatest fast bowling partnership in the world from that that point. So, secondly, what about your uh, your highlight? What's your what's your f- favourite highlight? Wow, that's a tough one. I joined in two thousand and thirteen was my first season, so I've been here for quite a long time. To pick out one highlight from that is quite difficult. I would say the day on tour in Portugal that involved Freddie Mills's birthday. Because that was just such a brilliant day of cricket. And then the way the celebrations carried on into the evening in that little bar in Miranda do Corvo, that was very much Plowman's evening. Knowing Freddie and some of the other Plowman that would have been part of that tour, I'm sure it was a, a, a fantastic evening celebrating to the probably the wee hours of the morning. Um, and then thirdly, for yourself, you've named a highlight. Who's your favourite Plowman? My favourite Plowman is John Rives also known as Joan Rivers, who's not been about this season because he got injured and um, there were some re- repercussions from that injury. So I'm hoping he gets well soon. I hope he's able to join us again next season. But for me, he's just everything about Plough. He just gets involved in the right moments. He scores some runs, takes some wickets, but he's always there with the right attitude and he just gets involved in everything that's going on. 
He's hilarious. So get well soon, Joan. Hope to see you back here soon. I hope you're all right, Joan. I haven't seen you for a while. Um, absolutely agree with you there. Great character to have on the field. Um, and he always pops up in the right spots to take a really good catch as well. Meet that guy and you just love him straight away, don't you? He's so brilliant. Absolutely. Loads of iconic moments where he just turns up in full plowman's tracksuit and just <laughs> adds an extra dimension to whatever's going on. Yes. Joan, hope you're listening. Miss you, mate. Hope to see you soon. So moving on to the weekend's fixtures, we've had a tough start to the season in the league. A lot of that is due to the weather, but very keen to get our season kick-started, back to winning ways, and our ascent back to the top of the table. Hector, you weren't at the game, but you've done your research. Who was captain and who batted first? So Tosato was captain um, and he lost the toss and amazingly certain challengers put um, Plowmans in to bowl first. So um, he pretty much won the toss there, didn't he? He basically won the toss. There was yeah. In the post-match interview, it was amazing. Some sort of psychological thing over the opposition kept in there. Maybe yeah. he's hot. <laughs> yeah, then you get, if you've got a seven-foot-four captain overlooking yeah. you, um, yeah. yeah. It's, it's gonna... Psyched him out in some way. <laughs> did he rub him on the head again? <laughs> okay, how many runs did they score off how many overs? So they were uh, 94 all out uh, off 28.2 overs. Classic Plowman's performance, that. Plowman's won championship after championship, bowling first, strangling the opposition, quality bowling, quality fielding, 94 all out. Thank you very much. So, feeling pretty confident going into the batting innings. Who won? So, all in all, Plowman's knocked it off in 27 overs. Uh, they were 95 for three uh, by the end of it so a pretty comprehensive seven wicket win for them fantastic go on the plough well done Tiss first league win of the season oy, oy. incredible Plowman's party train back on its tracks yes. and also noticed some key inclusions as well um, late inclusion Dan Rumford made his league debut which is which is great for the club Ollie Lonsdale getting a shot at it as well um, after bowling impeccably on, on, on Sunday yeah, Ollie Lonsdale, um, he uh, got a cheeky run out and he got a, a, a cheeky catch as well, which for, for Ollie is good to get a catch because I've never seen him take one. So, <laughs> <laughs> And the run out on top. And, and the run out on top, yeah, yeah. Ollie's, Ollie's catch has featured a few times on our podcast recently. So it's great to see him in the book with a catch. Um, he's been knocking on the door for a long time. I think on the day, given the conditions, it was the slow bowlers who did the damage, did most of the damage. Um, what were the notable contributions? Well, I'm going to start controversially with one of the oppo. Um, bear in mind, <laughs> bear in mind they, uh, they scored 94 runs all out. Um, their opening bat, Deepak, scored 47. So he scored half of the runs, so fair play um, to him um, propping up the team. Well done, Deepak. Other notable performances, we're looking at um, bowling. I mean, you know, Lewis Wilby with the most expensive economy at 4.5, and that sort of tells you how the, sort of, how the day went. Lewis Wilby, Daisy Jukes. <laughs> A regular feature on this podcast. Well bowled again. Well, he just gets so many wickets. I don't, I don't blame him for being a reg regular feature. Um, yeah, it was slower bowling. Um, a deal, uh, I mean, outrageous figures. 6.2 overs, three maidens, four for nine, which I, is 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 ridiculous. Economy of 1.42, it's, that's that's good. That is, that's pro. On a deal's bowling, um, first league game for the club, and it's my understanding that the first over he bowled was a wicket maiden, and that the second over he bowled was also a wicket maiden. That's owning it. That is owning it. <laughs> that is owning it the reports I've heard from the day and I love this suggest that after he got each batsman out he gave them a proper stare as if to say who do you think you are trying to keep this delivery out and at Plowman's we love to see it absolutely the competitive nature that he has when you see him in the nets he's just such a class bloke and then to hear that on the field as well is, is incredible Notable mention to uh, Duray as well. Um, eight overs, uh, one maiden, three for 21, which is, again, really solid. It was obviously a, 
slower bowling wicket. I mean, Lewis again in the wickets. Um, just he's he's unstoppable. So, Duran, I'm told, bowled as if he'd never been away. It was like watching him bowl in 2018 all over again. So I don't know quite where he's pulled that out from because he hasn't been to that many net sessions. And his bowling when he doesn't train regularly, doesn't play regularly, has been in the past at some points uh, mixed. But he's really put together a performance there by all accounts. Who did the damage with the bat, Hector? Tell us. So um, Fred and uh, Deal opened and uh, Fred hit a solid 29. Uh, Max came in, uh, hit a jug avoiding 48, and then uh, Tiz and Suri were there at the end um, with a solid 7 and a 1 uh, to get Plough over the line. The Tisato regime lives on. Lives on. Fantastic win by all accounts. Well done to everyone involved. So we mentioned Ollie, a rare Ollie Lonsdale catch. Uh, were there any other highlights from the day that didn't make it onto the scorecard, Trent? Yeah, I believe that um, during one of the rain intervals, um, Tiz must have been hungry having to feed that six-foot-seven skyscraper build of his and um, <laughs> was enjoying some quiche under the trees. Was it homemade? I would think so. I would have thought Hannah would have um, prepared that before he left home. Hannah's a fantastic cook as well. Wouldn't put a past I've, I've had some sausage rolls that she's made which are up there. Yeah, and to any plowman out there, um, I'm a big quiche fan myself. I can make a pretty pretty tasty quiche. Um, you know, we can get some kind of uh, little quiche off if anyone's keen for that. Email us in, hello at plowmancc.com. Matt Bolshaw, that was for you. Matt Bolshaw just loved the imagery of lead captain James Desaio in the rain, stood underneath the tree on his own, Eating a quiche. If there's any more quiche exploits going forward in the next couple of weeks, let's get some content on that. That'd be great. Yeah, that could that could be a regular feature. And James Tisato, if you are listening, which I know he doesn't, <laughs> please email us in and let us know what type of quiche that was. Well, if Tiz isn't listening, maybe Hannah might be. <laughs> yeah, maybe Hannah is. can can email in the. Hannah uh, is a regular listener. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's a good roundup from our league game, league campaign, back on track. Excellent work. Let's move on and have a look what happened in the other games on Sunday. Our Sunday blue team went away to Ashford. Matt Hickson, who was captain? Simon Carson took uh, the Plowman's Blue down to um, Ashford Sports Club. North of the river, actually. So I shouldn't say down. North of the river. Got to be honest, I actually feel a bit like um, Dean Duplessis, the uh, visually impaired cricket com commentator. Um, the first to do interne uh, international games uh, because I wasn't there. I have no idea what happened. I've just got a scorecard to run off. Um, and I believe you've got a contact on the ground, haven't you? Possibly. I do, but I'm ignoring everything he said. Just before you... <laughs> <laughs> just before you, um, before you go on, Dean Duplessé, that if anyone hasn't seen it, have a look at that footage... Incredible. It was a strong-looking team. We've got Tom Lane, Will Stevens, Nasser, Suri, Max, this other guy called Greg. Who the, who the fuck's Greg? <laughs> <laughs> Is that cider or lager? <laughs> also followed by Naraj, Simon Crane, Daniel Rumford, and the one and only Nige. Um, yeah, so strong team. Strong team they took there. It's a star-studded lineup. Who batted first? Player one's batted first. Um, I can't, yeah, again, no idea what the wicket was like, but I assume it was um, pretty average because of the weather over the weekend. But we um, we didn't start strong, but we had a good middle order um, kind of comeback. We had Max Gumpert scoring 44 off 23. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about the s significance of that later. Off 23. That's unbelievable. He, he's an animal when it comes to batting. So what did we finish up on? How many overs and what was our score? So we got 128 off uh, 25 overs, so it was a reduced, reduced game. Okay, and again, we've done well to get cricket on over these last couple of weekends. Um, so that's a great effort by all accounts, 25 overs. So, 128 for 9 off 25 overs. It's not a massive score. It was a wet day. Was it enough? Afraid it wasn't, Grazer. Um, Ashford did really well. They got the score within, uh, within about uh, 21 overs, and they, uh, they did pretty nicely. They only took uh, 
four wickets. Nigel chipped in with one. Uh, Greg uh, got one. And Simon Carson got another one. Another wicket for the club skipper. Uh, one wicket for Nigel or two wickets for Nigel Stevenson? Apologies, yeah. Two for, um, two for 31 off his five. Beautiful. Well, Go Nigel. on, Nigel. So, it's a loss. It seems like a valiant effort. Um, again, in the rain. Plowman's playing in the rain. There is a talking point here. It's not really any other highlights. But Max Gumper has reached somewhat of a milestone for the club. So, Hiko, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, big milestone. I think everyone is looking forward to this for the weekends. Um, he wasn't actually going to play in this game. He was a bit in out because of um, dropouts. And uh, Tom Lockhart apparently didn't actually make it to the ground. He tried to get there, but uh, somehow failed. So I believe he was involved in some kind of car crash. Um, mm. Not a dangerous one, but some. I think the wind, the wind screen was broken. And he had an hour and a half, two hour delay waiting for Autoglass to, to sort that out. So Tom Lockhart, hope you're well and hope to see Danny again soon. Yeah, that's right. So Max brought up 1,000 runs for the club. Um, only after 21 games, 20 innings, incredible. Um, so he's averaging 73. But if you think about that in terms of uh, runs per innings, that's 50 runs per innings. Amazing stuff. Incredible. He's an incredible cricketer. Uh, even better bloke off the field as well. I think cricket's his second nature and just, just a great bloke to have part of our club and his family as well with Fred and his parents. And I obviously don't have the statistics for this kind of thing to hand, but I think it's quite likely that he's the first ever plowman to bring up a 1,000 runs in only 20 games. Really is fantastic achievement. Nice. I couldn't agree more with you. When I first had the pleasure of meeting him at Morden a couple of years ago and then to have a few beers with him after the game and just to understand the bloke and his cricket and but not even his cricket, just himself. Love him. Absolutely love him. And we're 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 all for better having Max part of us. Thanks thanks to Morden um for letting him letting him play with us. But I love the fact that he and Fred will go back and represent Morden their their, their grassroots cricket club when they do when the the fixture does return with Plowman and Morden. Well done, Maxi. That's a fantastic achievement. Really fantastic achievement. Well done. And unfortunate not to get the win there. Again, weather playing its part. Valiant effort. And we'll move on now. So the gold team welcomed Streatham and Marlborough to the Hollies. We played against them in a really exciting fixture at the end of last season on a baked deck which resembled a road at Streatham and Marlborough on a hot summer's day. We welcome them to the Hollies on a wet May afternoon. Trent, who was captain? Leon Parks was captain for the day. Okay, Leon, captain. Do you have a good team out? Yeah, look, he had a, a strong team on paper. Uh, key inclusion was Archie Fitters uh, due to the couple of changes. Beautiful. And who batted first? Uh, Stretham Marlborough batted first, uh, made... 166 of their 40 overs. 166 of 40 overs. Seems like a pretty good score on a wet day from the Hollies. Yeah, I'd agree with you. Um, even that's normally very competitive on a dry day. Okay. Who bowled well? Some notable inclusions um, were Matt Hopper and Damon Greeny kicked us off. Um, Damon Greeny bowling very tight, eight overs, one for 20. Uh, incredible bowling. Love to see that. Damon Greeny with a new ball on the Hollies. Great to see. I agree with you. He's scary in the nets. Although he's not that sharp, not that quick, he's line and length. He's obsessed. Absolutely. But you're missing on Hopper here, who is uh, probably one of the scariest people to face in the nets, no? I agree. He's sharp. And Hopper took Shagger, took two for 32 from his eight overs as well. So, Matt Hopper's bowled well. We've talked a bit about him on this show before. Uh, ego, he's obviously managed to put his ego aside for this week. <laughs> he's cashed in. We've got Archie, Miguel, in as a last-minute switch. Did he bowl well? He did. He came on uh, second change. Um, 5.3 overs, four maidens, four for four. Incredible. Ouch. Sorry, you just said four for four? Yes, four over, uh, four maidens, four wickets for four runs. 
I knew he had this in him because I've been watching him for a couple of for like last season this year, and he bowls solidly in the nets. He's he whips it round, and I knew he had this in him. So it's really good to see him hitting him strap, hitting his hitting his straps. Yeah, four for four is out of control. Did anyone else do well with the ball? I think Justin Cash followed up on his great debut last weekend with another good performance. Yes, a notable inclusion. Uh, two for twenty-two for Justin. Well bowled, mate. Nice. Okay, so it's a big total. It's a wet day. Talk us through the run chase a little bit because I understand that this was a pretty exciting run chase. Did we win? Didn't we win? Did we get close? Who features? I had a couple of key contacts at the ground uh, as I wasn't able to make this fixture. Name them. Uh, So Mo, Leo and Matt Hopper all helped keep me informed. And shout out to Iskander when I got really tired towards the end as well who kept the whole club informed. So Iskander and Brito opened and and the word apparently is when Brito went out to take his mark or take his guard, a young 15-year-old was like talking to him in relation to his batting and Brito referenced, have you played for your country? To which the young fella wasn't too sure how to reply. And so their skipper instantly said, it's time to remove the international. Steve Brito, friend of the show, 10,000 runs for Plowmans, has represented Malta at international level. I love that. So Brito and Iskander started off and they put on a reasonably good total to start with, which saw them put on 24 on a, on a chopped up wicket. Rain impacted again but dug in very well. Um, Brito anchored down the innings. Okay, who supported him? Did anyone else chip in with any runs? Well, new to the club, Chris Butlin came in at number four and contributed a very handy 40 runs for his, I believe, second game for the club? Uh, I think it might have even been his debut. Pardon me. Well, welcome to the club, and I look forward to meeting you shortly, mate, and well batted. I spoke to Steve Brito today, who described, and this is a direct quote, Chris... He's played his second game in seven years and he looked a million dollars out there. Look forward to seeing him play some more games and getting more runs. Anyone else chip in with the bat? Um, Leo Connolly, new new member to the plough. He came in when it was really tight and I think when he came into bat, we needed about 40 off five overs and Leo gave us the grunt that we needed uh, to support Brito. And to get us very, very close. Uh, shout out to Leo, by the way. I have never seen uh, anyone hit the middle of their bat as many times as Leo, regardless of whether he's defending it, driving it straight to a fielder, which is what he tends to do in the games that I've seen. But the, the, guy, is a, the guy is an animal. He loves it. Nice bit of cricket and insight there. Ball hit in the middle of the bat. Excellent. Um, Leo, 31 out which is great to see after he's run out so cruelly against Woburn the week before. It's a great contribution. Trent, did we win the match? Well, I'll talk you through the last over. Thanks to friend of the show, Iskander. 19 to win of the last over. I believe Leo was on strike, four off the first ball. 15 off five, gave every ploughman hope. Then a single, and then it came to 14 off four, which was definitely doable. Then 13 off three, dot, Six, and then we needed six to tie the the game. Come on, the plough. Come on, the plough. And we hit a four, unfortunately. Uh, And we went down by two runs. Lost by two. That's such a cruel way to lose it. Shout out to Steve Brito, who carried his bat, did he, on 62 not out? Yes, that's right. Uh, Formidable effort. It's the Brito of old that I've got to know. Although normally he turns those sort of starts into tons, but obviously yesterday's fixture yeah that was almost the perfectly paced innings wasn't it yeah 100% well done plough very unlucky and I think yeah great effort another exciting game of cricket we've seen so many of those already this season Uh, it's great to see and is there anything else we need to cover off before we move on to our next section and have a look what's going on in Plowman's Fantasy League I do believe that in that let me finish that match okay so I do believe in that match yesterday. Uh, word on the street, or word on the field from a uh, notable, reliable source um, was that Iskander spent more time umpiring than actually batting. Name that person. Name the informant. Well, and that's the kind of thing that the listeners of this podcast need to know. No, it wasn't Tom and it wasn't Ollie. Oh. It was my good informant, 
Leo, who was my man on the ground, letting me know what was going on. And I also led to believe that uh, the good old our good old rivals, Southbank, came down to support the last five overs as their fixture had finished. So I love that from Southbank. Southbank, our rivals and friends. Great to see Leo chipping in. Thanks very much. We've heard a lot about you on this podcast this season. Great to see you chipping in with a bit of insight like that. Look out. Iskander's not to mess with. Snitches get stitches. So now we move into our fantasy section. Matt Bolshaw loves it. Matt Spencer loves it. And I know a lot of our listeners tune in to hear this section specifically. So, uh, Grazer, tell me, who is doing well in fantasy this week? All right, I can do that. Um, I was hoping to loop some other people in here. Matt Bolshaw's notes are just undecipherable for the common man. Uh, after having to have deal with this agenda week by week, I think I can probably find my way through it. So, who had the best team this week? Leo, top of the league this week in terms of points. Well done. And just because of last week where the stats weren't online, quick shout out to Alex Julian Cake, who actually had the best team last week. We didn't get that in last week, but well done. So, who's top of the league? A familiar face, friend of the show, Trent Catanzariti, top of the league again, jugs all round, we're getting familiar with this, Spence, our very own Matt Spencer, he's not here this week, second by one point, Trent, I've got the pleasure of asking you this, I'm going to indulge it, what's your secret? I just look at the team list that come out each week and make my transfers based on that and look at who may be double-heading, i.e. Max uh, is an easy skipper week in, week out, or my other go-to would be Tom Lonnon. Very nice. Wise words. In terms of players, Archie was top player this week, top point scorer. Well done, Miguel. We love to see that. Uh, Max, Adil and Brito all scored over 100 points. We've mentioned those names in our fantasy section before. Before we move on to our tips, which is a regular feature, Trent, I believe you've got some additional information, some analysis that you'd like to share with us. Yes, I have. I've broken it down into a couple of different segments, uh, batting, bowling, all-rounders, wicket-keeping. A couple of notable... Uh, differences. So it looks like everyone has got, or 52% of the population, Plowman's population, have Tom Lane uh, in their team. Although we've seen a slight form drop from Tom, it might be time to transfer him out and potentially bring in uh, someone like Fred Gumpert. Uh, but I will say a couple of players of difference or point of difference players would be like Chris Ovens, uh, Alex Julian, and even um, James Sully, if they're if they're playing, you want to have them in your squads. Look out for the team sheets when they come out tomorrow. I uh, I love it that you're recommending dropping Tom Lane after the first weekend of him not hitting fifty this season. And I I love that. That's ten out of ten. Cricket is a brutal game. Just one other bit to add to the fantasy piece. Um, some key inclusions you may want to have in your squads would be the likes of Leon Parks, Fred Gompert, Tom Lockhart, Grant Woolidge. They all keep, although they might not be selected as a keeper or as keepers in fantasy, they're handy inclusions in your squads. And that's the kind of analysis that Matt Bolshaw and I can't contribute. So really, our listeners have been spoiled tonight. Thank you very much for that, Trent. Proper bit of analysis in the fantasy section. I'm going to go around the room twice. Hector, I'm going to start with you. The team sheets are not out for this week at the time of recording. For the next couple of weeks, who's your tip to make a big impact in the Fantasy League? I'm going to go super controversial here. Mo. I love it. He he wants it. He's been away for a couple of weeks. He's going to come flying back in. The man got a wicket for the plough before I did. The enthusiasm for the game. I'm I'm telling you, 10 out of 10, he's going to be the main man. And it's great to have that leg spin option, that point of difference inclusion on a Sunday. 100%. Matt, 
who's your choice for the next couple of weeks? Yeah, good shout with Mo there, I reckon. Um, I'd also probably go for a deal. Me and him are going down for some throwdowns on Tuesday nights down at uh, South Southwark Park, and I think uh, that's going to make a big difference in the coming weeks. If that's not a power couple, I don't know what is. Work all winter, shine all summer. <laughs> <laughs> Trent, who's your pick for big impact in the next couple of weeks? I'm going to go with newcomer to the club, Dave Nelson Scott, only owned by 9%. The bloke can hit a ball, the bloke can catch, and the bloke can definitely bowl as well. At 1.3 million, why wouldn't you want him in your team? He's in my team. Thanks very much for the insight. I'm going to go around the room once again. I'm going to ask you all for your pick for the rest of the season. We're thinking long term here. Trent, I'll start with you. Who's your man for the plough for this season? I, I can't look past our very own Matt Hickson. He's due a big score. Given once the, the wickets dry out, I'm sure he'll be back at the top of the run board, leaderboard, in no time. Okay, it seems like you're insinuating that he struggles on a wet wicket there, which I think is a little harsh, but it's valuable insight nonetheless. Matt, over to you. Who's your pick for the rest of the season? Yeah, so I'm trying to like keep an eye on like who's available. Logan Gunt, the gun, he's uh, says he's going to be available a lot this season, so I think he's my, the long-term option for me. I think Logan is a possible double-header for the coming weekend, not to give too much away. Ooh. Hector, who's your pick for the rest of the season? Listen, I'm going to be really boring here. It's got to be Maxi, man. He's he's you know solid bet, quickest of a thousand runs. It makes sense. Get him in if you can afford him. If you can afford him, which I I, I had him in my team early on, so I'm fine. He was cheap when I got him. <laughs> Grazer, who is your pick for the rest of the season? My pick for the rest of the season is none other than friend of the show, Steve Brito. Yes. Man hits runs. He hits runs. After runs, after runs, after runs. Fabulous. 62 not out. Carried his bat last weekend. We've had a few games rained off. We've had a few things that didn't go in his favour. He hits hundreds. He hits runs. He's available a lot of the time. That's my pick for the rest of the season. You heard it here first. Thanks very much for your insights. It's always good to get a different take on Fantasy League and the plan season from our guests. So thanks very much for being so open, sharing your thoughts on that one. That rounds up our fantasy section, and we will shortly be moving on to Matt Bolshaw's favourite section of the show, Any Other Business. Any Other Business. On top of Sledge of the Week, Who Said It, and Correspondence, we have two new sections which are being introduced by one of our special guests, Matthew Hickson. First one is Plowman Superstitions. I want to hear about Plowman Superstitions. And the second one is Obsessed with Line and Length. So wasting no time at all, this question is to all of our special guests today. Do we have a contender for Plowman Superstitions from the weekend just gone? I'm going to... Um throw one out there I, I i saw last week barat barat who's got a few mentions on the show so far already yeah well you know i've never noticed someone he 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 holds the ball by the seam and he twists it seven maybe eight times before he bowls every over it takes him about four and a half weeks to bowl an over uh, <laughs> and it's really beautiful but he, he he has to do it every time and i love it it's a great bit of insight there bit of insight into plowman's mentality and plowman's superstitions is a feature that we'll be continuing on this podcast so thanks for introducing that to our listeners look out for that in the coming weeks and on to our second new section obsessed with line and length can you just explain a little bit about what that obsessed with line and length award for the week goes to so it's where a bowler might not have got the rewards, but has shown an obsession with line and length. Tight bowling. That's what we'd like to see. That's Plowman's strangling the opposition. Question to all of our guests. Does anyone have a contender for obsession with line and length? Yeah, Damon is uh, one for 20. I think it was from his eight overs. Impeccable. That's tidy bowling. It's nice that he's our first because he's obsessed. He's obsessed with line and length. 
I couldn't agree more with you. Hard to get away in the nets. He's obsessed with live enough. And uh, I'm a fan of etymology. Our usual producer, Matt Spencer, is a big fan of etymology. Matt Hickson, can you tell us where you got that idea from? A uh, previous show I worked on, uh, but it's come to an end now because of the end of uh, Line of Duty. Obsessed with Line of Duty. And that is a previous podcast that you appeared on there. Uh, that's right. Shameless plug. But for anyone who's appreciated Matt Hickson's charming insight this evening, please feel free to check out Beef and Dairy Network uh, podcast, companion to the uh, Beef and Dairy Network uh, website. Sounds like a very interesting listen. There is one more piece of business for the Any Other Business section. Now, we, we covered Max's incredible feat of uh, reaching a 1,000 runs in what we believe to be the the fastest in Plowman's history. But there was also another momentous occasion this week, and that was our main man, Ashish Paul, a.k.a. Puff. He played his 150th match for the club. Now, just to go over some of these stats, ridiculous, over 1,150 overs, nearly 200 maidens, uh, 240 wickets, uh, with an economy rate of 3.42. It's unbelievable. And we have a little comment from the man himself. So I'll pass you over to Ashish Paul. Playing my 150th game for the Plough last Saturday has been an absolute honour. I'm also very happy to share that stage with some very fine cricketers and good friends, <clears throat> both old and new. It also means that 150 games taking me 12, 13 years just also means that, you know, last 12, 13 years have been good fun. Um, you know, meeting some interesting people, uh, making some good friends, uh, meeting some mad people. Uh, you know, they're always my favourites. And uh, yeah, and also it's it's been an absolute pleasure to witness uh, how a group of men collectively work to make something good. Uh, into something great. Uh, really, really happy to see the club flourish through the years. Also, I just want to express my disappointment that after playing 150 games for, for the club, I'm still not part of the Aussie subgroup. Come on, lads. You can't get more Aussie than Puff, can you? Excellent. Shout out to Puff. Incredible. Amazing stuff. Moving on to some of our regular features, I'd like to uh, pass over to you, Trent, if possible, please. Who is Plowman's top run scorer of the season so far. Max Gumpert with 308 runs. Tidy. And as Matt Bolshaw likes to call it, king of the castle, which bowler has taken the most wickets for Plowman so far this season? Lewis Wooey with 13. No change at the top for Daisy Dukes. And on to one of our regular sections, Sledge of the Week. We alluded to we alluded to it earlier in the show, and Trent is going to talk us back through this one. Yeah, so at the Streatham Marlborough game yesterday, uh, when the young junior came out to bat and Brito asked him about whether he'd represented his country, and the young kid didn't know what to say, on return when Brito was taking guard, their skipper then said, it's time to get the international out, which they weren't able to. <laughs> Sledge of the week <laughs> The next section is Who said it Where we say a line from the weekend With no context at all And you have to decide Who said it And if you know who it is Please email in At hello At plamandcc.com So Who said it In relation to the Saturday fixture I would literally strengthen that side If I turned up there today I am a gun. Sounds like a new section. Which Ridgeway said it? <laughs> <laughs> Email us in if you think you know who that might have been. Uh, moving on, we'd like to read out new members for this season. And for this week, we have none. So moving. Oh, boo. 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 Any new members out there who are listening, do what you need to do. Sort the admin out. Pay your subs. With Nick Ridgeway. <laughs> Pay your subs. Sort it out. We need that. Anyone listening to this podcast who is not yet a member of Plowman CC, but sees themselves as a potential new member, get in touch with us. Say hello at hello 
plamcc.com. Now, we move on to one of our favourite sections of the show, and this is where we deal with any new correspondence for the week. I believe we've got a bit this week. <laughs> we've got plenty for this week. I I love it. I love it. We have we have three new correspondents this week, I believe. So what we're going to do is we're going to start off with uh, with you, Liam. Uh, what what is your correspondence for this week? Thanks very much. Thanks. Yeah. So we've got three emails in this week. A big upturn. Um, if it carries on in this way, growing exponentially, as it has. Uh, we might not be able to read out all the emails in this show. So if you do have something you'd like to share with us, please get it in soon. And this is a reply to our Who Said It last week. And this is for our very own, this is from our very own Darren, also known as Tom Lonner. And he says, so apparently no one has ever emailed you in a guess for Who Said It. I'm afraid this isn't a guess, though. Looks like they've dug him up from last week. Was yours truly. And Darren, in his email, he does specify who that comment was aimed at. But in the spirit of the Plowman's Thanks for Coming podcast, I'm not going to disclose this at this time. Tom, Darren, thanks for writing into us. Thanks for claiming that one. Wouldn't be the same without you. We've got two more emails here this evening. Moving on to Matt Hickson. Who else has emailed us in? Thanks, Liam. Uh, we've got uh, Max Gumpert here. Hi, lads, ladies, and other others of the Plough Persuasion. I thought I'd email as I don't have Ainsley's number, and the pod seemed like a good method of communication. I wanted to ask him the question I believe a few listeners have been wondering. Can we expect to see you decked out in the blue and gold on the hollies playing for the mighty plough at some point in the post-COVID future? Realise it might take a couple of weeks to get a reply to this, but I'll be waiting in the, the next pod hoping to hear from you. Also got a quick question for Trent from Max. Who is the better cricketer, Trent or Ainsley? I like it. I need Ainsley to come back. I don't know whether he's played a lot of cricket. I know he probably did back in his day, but we never played cricket against each other. We would just beer on the sideline together. Love that. Max is up in the ante, reaching out to our friends on the other side of the world. Ainsley, best friend of the show. Wait to hear your response to that email. Looking forward to that. But, as it's only just been read out now, we do have some correspondence in this week from Ainsley as well. Best friend of the show. And we've got Trent to read the email out for us. G'day again, brothers of the plough. The big freeze has nearly broken here in Queensland. It's 22 degrees now and 16 degrees overnight. So it seems we are through the worst of it. I listened to the history of the plough pod and thoroughly enjoyed it. Although I did pick up on the pod that Liam's first stint at the plough was uneventful. Then he has a trip down under and then heads back home where he rejoins the plough and soon becomes one half of the greatest fast bowling partnership in the cricketing history. Did his adventures the Big Brown Land galvanise him to become one of the ploughman's immortals he is now? As always, plough on. P.S. I am aware that Trent may be a guest on the show tonight. So sorry, big man, for leaving you out on the weekend. It's not you, it's me. <laughs> Best friend of the show, Ainsley Jameson. So in answer to his question, I guess my experience down under did probably have some impact on on uh, what I've managed to deliver since coming back. I played in a very fine last man stands team, captained by former Plowman's club captain, Nick O'Dowell. I learned one or two things which have undoubtedly stood me in good stead. Trent, how do you feel about being dropped from your, your mate Ainsley's side? Captain two weeks ago to being dropped and now. Well, he did tell me he triple captained me, which I told him was a big call when he could have taken Max. Um, it was it was due, underperforming, so I had I had to get the axe. Is this insider information here, giving Max the triple captain your recommendation? 
at some point in the future, when he double heads, you want you want to put the triple C on Max. So all that leaves me with this evening is to give a little insight into what we've got coming up next weekend. Our Premier League side is facing Surrey Warriors, who we faced at least twice last year. They're a great bunch of lads. They're high energy. They play cricket in the spirit that we love at Plowman's. They're a really good opposition. High hopes for an excellent encounter. Sunday sees two sides go out. One against Sheen Park and one against our friends and rivals, Southbank. So for our listeners who've been listening to the pod from last year, no doubt you'll be keen to see what the result of that is. We'll report back on it next week. We've also got a last-minute fixture, Saturday 2nd 11, so we'll report back on that one as well. Leon Park's working his finest. And all that leaves me with is to conclude the show so to all of our guests Trent Matt and Hector thanks very much for your time this evening thanks very much for coming pleasure to be here thank you for having us wonderful to be here as ever I've really enjoyed myself tonight I know these lads have as well and I hope the listeners out there you've enjoyed yourselves too to you gents who've joined me tonight and to all our listeners Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. This is Shane Warne. Make sure you plough on. Do plough and CC. Plough on, guys. It's taking too much. We didn't win the link by accident. We did that by design. It was very much planned. I just try to get it in the right spot, really, and see what happens. He said to me, mate, I really think you should put your lid on. Next ball, ball me bouncer. We went for six. This club is beyond cricket. Plough and cricket is the greatest club in the world. Oh!